Today on the Political Theory of Everything, I will be giving you your daily dose of news for today's date, Wednesday, July 14th. To start off today's news, we have an article from The Daily Wire, and the title of this one, Tens of thousands more people died from drug overdose in 2020 than ever before. The number of overdose deaths across the United States skyrocketed by nearly 30% last year, equating to tens of thousands more lives lost, according to preliminary federal data. The CDC released preliminary counts for drug overdose deaths on Wednesday. The number showed that the number of people who died last year from overdoses shot up to 93,331 from 72,151 deaths in 2019, according to the Wall Street Journal. So, uh, the, um, there is then uh, someone named Brendan Saloner, Uh, who's the Associate Professor of Health Policy and Management at John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, and said, quote, That is a stunning number even for those of us who have tracked this issue. Our public health data, our public health tools, have not kept pace with the urgency of the crisis, end quote. Of the pandemic and lockdown, Sloaner added, quote, It's really one of the things where 2020 turbocharged something that was already wildly out of control, end quote. Fentanyl, a synthetic opioid, is the leading cause of drug uh, drug overdose overdose deaths, accounting for nearly two-thirds, an estimated 57,550 of overdose overdose deaths in 2020. The number of deaths due to fentanyl jumped over 50% from 2019, according to the Wall Street Journal. Um, It also talks about how illegal immigration has jumped, um, causing fentanyl trafficking to jump in 2021. Uh, so that's part of the big border crisis that's happening right now is, you know, the coyotes, um, surprise, surprise, they're not animals, they're actually humans. Coyotes are basically sex traffickers, drug, uh, drug traffickers, all those. And as illegal immigrants are flooding the border in record numbers, um, the number of uh, drugs getting in flood with it. And so um, this article is just showing what many people predicted for what would happen as an aftermath of the lockdowns for COVID-19 as they expected suicides and overdoses to skyrocket. And that was the question of whether, if the lockdowns actually did work, um, would it would it be worth the trade-off? Meaning if, if the lockdown saves 50,000 lives, but by having a lockdown, 60,000 more people kill themselves or something like that, then you've actually cost yourself 10,000. So it would have been better for you to have kept it open. But um, that's part of the debate, and that's where I guess we'll really get all the data soon um, all put together in relation to COVID-19 and the effect it had on suicide and drug overdoses like this as an enormous increase by 21,000 deaths, basically, from 2019 to 2020 for overdoses. But moving on to the next article from CNN, a bit more happier. Invasive, football-sized goldfish found in a Minnesota lake. The tiny goldfish you can pick up at a pet store for a few cents might not look like an environmental threat, but they can grow into a huge problem if set free into lakes or ponds, mainly because they can grow to be surprisingly huge. Burnsville, Minnesota, which is south of Minneapolis, drew viral attention to the global issue when it posted pictures on social media of some of the whoppers that were caught during an ongoing survey of fish in Keller Lake. 
The city urged residents not to release their unwanted pet fish. They caught 10 goldfish last week and another 18 this week. Each more was each was more than a foot long, with the largest being 15 inches uh, long and weighing about 4 pounds. They also show a picture of a 9-pound goldfish um, that someone else had found. Um, Burnsville Natural uh, Resources Specialist Caleb Ashling told CNN that the city partnered with neighboring Apple Valley and company Carp Solutions to find out how many goldfish are in the lake. He said some of the fish were the size of a football, according uh, to Ashling. Um, uh, just in case CNN happens to be listening to this, you guys have a spelling error in the fourth paragraph. It says Burnsville Natural Resources without the R, so um, just a heads up. Anyways, uh, basically they talked, around, talked about how these can hurt. Uh, they can kick up nutrients that settled on the bottom, and their waste can promote algae blooms that turn clear lakes into green lakes. Goldfish are native to China and Eastern Asia and have traveled the world thanks to their popularity as pets and ornamental fish. The U.S. Geological Survey says that they've established or reported in every U.S. state except Alaska, which eradicated a population of illegally introduced goldfish in 2019 from a pond in Anchorage. Basically, all goldfish are invasive worldwide. In the entirety of North America, Australia, Europe, um, they're all invasive there, so... They are closely related to the common carp, which are another invasive non-native species. Learning a lot here. Uh, but basically, they cause a massive amount of algae to, to flourish, it seems like, is the main thing that happens. And that can quickly hurt um, the water, uh, and the well, the things living in the water. So that's the main reason. I just thought it was an interesting one that nobody would ever talk about, so why not bring it up? Next article, from Blaze, The Blaze. Title. Teachers Union president gets ridiculed online for claiming, quote, millions, end quote, will die from COVID-19 in Florida. Randy Weingarten, the president of the American Federation of Teachers, lashed out at Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, but was mocked and ridiculed for the mathematically impossible claim she made. Weingarten was responding to merchandise being sold by DeSantis's campaign team that declared, quote, don't Fauci my Florida, end quote, but she faced ridicule for her reply. Uh, so she tweeted, Disgusting. Millions of Floridians are going to die for Ron DeSantis' ignorance, and he's choosing to profit from it. He doesn't care about Floridians. He cares about the furth about furthering his own cruel agenda. Uh, cruel agenda? Uh, like keeping schools closed? Maybe? That sounds like a pretty cruel agenda. I doubt anyone would ever, do, ever want to do that. Um, maybe Randy would. Uh, as many of her detractors pointed out, there have been about 38,000 deaths from coronavirus in Florida, a tragic statistic, but one far short of the millions that she has claimed. And that's one thing I remember uh, at the beginning of, or, or early on in COVID-19, when Florida had just opened up, Ron DeSantis was getting bashed and bashed and bashed, and he comes out in a press statement and basically goes, okay, how do I have more, how do I have less deaths than like, you're bashing me, but I have less deaths than, uh, from COVID-19 than Iowa does. But you're bashing me still. And let's actually check the Iowa basketball, I mean, the Iowa COVID case death number. COVID case death. All right. Um, looks like Iowa has had 6,158. So it ended up being more now. Um, 
375,000 cases in the state of Iowa. But anyways, that was way back. Um, I think it was like right when Florida opened. But um, that was the main thing that he was getting bashed for was how many deaths there would be. And it, it ended up not being as bad as people expected. Um, not nearly for the amount of people in the state. Uh, it, it ended up being better. And so number-wise, he has one of the higher amounts of deaths, but percentage-wise within the state and with the elderly in his state, it's actually less. So, um, for example, New York State has a population of roughly, um, let me make sure I have a good number, roughly 19.45 million, while Florida has a population of about, population, I believe, uh, yes, okay, 22 million, so about 3 million more, roughly, uh, give or take some. Um, while Florida had the number I just read you, 38,000, was it? Yeah, 38,000 deaths. New York had 53,000 deaths. Um, so they've had 2.12 million cases. So... Um, that's that's basically the comparison of states. That's beside the fact, but it was just it's just comparing how Florida has, even though they've been the most relaxed out of all the states, they're doing better than percentage-wise at least, uh, a lot better than others. And so Florida has 21 million residents. If you round down, they rounded down. It's about 21.48. So I decided to round up for both um, states. Uh, so more than 10% are going to die from policies he enacted 10 months ago. Are you sure you're in education? Uh, that's what Emily Zanotti of The Daily Wire replied um, to her. And they basically just showed a bunch of responses from a bunch of people. Andrew Follett, Guy Benson, millions. Uh, Guy Benson said, quote, millions. Randy hopefully taught neither math nor science, end quote. So uh, a lot of bashing. Um, I mean, in order for millions to die, you'd have to see at least a 10,000% increase. Let's actually, let's do the math real quick here. You have 38,000 deaths, and you want to get to a million. So, a million divided by 38,000. 38,000. It goes in 26 times, apparently. So, all right, well, that's interesting. That's not, that's not, okay, it won't be as much as I thought, a million. Okay, yeah, it would be, it would be 300%, something like that, I don't know. Anyways, so massive, massive, massive increase in what's already been happening, and it would have to be within very quick amount of time, but it's interesting because she says it's because of his cruel agenda when, in reality, the teachers union has basically been controlling the CDC in what they're saying because I remember the CDC was coming out with things and then the teachers union would say we don't like that and then the CDC would change their their protocols and all that around to fit with what the teachers union had said so if we want to talk about cruel agendas it's how about it's a teachers union they're pushing their agenda controlling a health organization that people are supposed to be able to trust but they can't that sounds pretty cruel um there's, there's a lot more you could talk about with them, but we're going to move on. CBS News, next article, title, 
NFL star Richard Sherman arrested in Seattle on domestic violence charge. Richard Sherman, the NFL free agent cornerback, was arrested early Wednesday morning in Seattle for burglary domestic violence, according to public records. Sherman, 33, was booked into the King County Correctional Facility at 6.08 a.m. local time. And before we continue on in this article, I want to remind you guys that the premise of American uh, justice system, the American justice system, is innocent until proven guilty. So remember, charge does not mean guilty. Um, that's that's a big thing to remember. Uh, an allegation, a charge, all those things has no correlation whatsoever to guiltiness. Um, that's why it's charged, not convicted. So keep that with everyone, no matter how much you hate them. Innocent or proven guilty, 100%, without a doubt. All right. Uh, we're just going to continue reading then. Police were called to a residence in Redmond around 2 a.m. where the occupants said an adult male family member who did not live there was outside attempting to force entry into the home, said James Perry, a spokesman for the Redmond Police Department. Officers arrived and located the suspect outside the home and said he was uncooperative and fought with the officers, Perry said. A police canine dog was employed to gain control of the su subject. Sherman was arrested and taken to a nearby hospital to check for injuries, Perry said. He was then booked at the correctional facility. He was later denied bail. The records said, a lot of the records said, geez. Um, German, Sherman, gee, German. Sherman spent his first seven season with the Seattle Seahawks, helping them win a Super Bowl in 2013. He most recently spent three, season, uh, three seasons with the San Francisco 49ers and is now a free agent. Sherman serves as the vice president of the Players Union, the NFLPA. In a, in a statement, the organization said it's monitoring the case. Quote, we were made aware of an arrest made last night, of an arrest last night, of one of our players, player leaders for an alleged domestic violence incident, and we have activated our domestic violence crisis protocol for the protection and support of everyone involved, end quote. That was the statement. Basically here, just, it's a charge. Um, a lot of the times... Um, with famous people, the charges don't tend to be true, but we'll see football players do tend to have a history of domestic violence, so we'll see, but once again, innocent or proven guilty, so as of now, he's 0% guilty and 100% innocent, until proven otherwise. Um, this one has been popping up everywhere in the news, so I had to talk about it. Last one, Fox News, article title. Texas Governor Abbott says Democrats who fled state over election bill will be arrested upon return. Subtitle. Republicans argue the contentious bill would provide greater election security. Governor, Governor Greg Abbott, the Texas Republican, criticized state Democrats who fled to Washington, D.C. on Monday in an effort to deprive the legislation, uh, legislature of a quorum, thus the ability to vote on the GOP's sweeping election overhaul bill. Abbott appeared on, quote, the Ingram Angle, and or not, quote, sorry, Abbott appeared on the TV show, The Ingram Angle, on Monday to defend the bill and say the missing lawyer lawmakers will be arrested upon their return to the state. He said the members of the Texas House of Representatives who are still in the state can call for the arrest of their colleagues who do not show up to vote. The one caveat is that the arrest has to be made inside of the state. Quote, once they step back into the state, they, they will be arrested and brought back to the Capitol and we will be conducting business, end quote, he said. Republicans argue the contentious bill would provide greater election security, while Democrats charge it would suppress voter turnout of minorities, saying that for some reason minorities can't get IDs, which makes no sense because in order to have a job, you pretty much have to have one. 
The exodus was the second time that Democrat lawmakers have staged a walkout on the voting overhaul, a measure of their of their fierce opposition to proposals they say will make it harder for young people, people of color, and people with disabilities to vote. Um, no, not really. I mean, think about young people. You turn 18 and you have to register for the draft if you're a male, which already pretty much requires a bunch of like ID stuff to take care of that. I mean, well, I, I don't remember if you have to send an ID, but like social security, all those, and then thinking about the amount of people who drive, you automatically have a license. You automatically have an ID for that. I mean, it just doesn't make sense um, how it affects, I mean, young people especially. Um, I, I, I don't understand the minority thing. It's almost saying that minorities, like, they don't have access to the DMV for some reason. Like, white people are capable of walking to the DMV, but minorities aren't. Um, it, it, it's, it's very weird how this is their push as minorities. Well, it's you're trying to suppress minorities when in actuality they can easily walk to the DMV and grab one for free, basically. And, I mean, homeless people have them, as we talked about previously. And so here it is. I pulled up projectvote.org. So we'll trust them. I haven't been able to back this up, but we'll see. Um, and it says 87% of people, 80% of people, 87% of people have an ID. Um, they basically are testing the claim of whether ID, whether right, requiring IDs suppresses people or not. Um, and I guess, you know, I'll present this to you guys another time. Let's get back to the article. But basically, they there's a chance of them being arrested. We'll see. They haven't gone back to the States, so we have no idea. Um, it'll be in, certainly that'd be an interesting thing to see if they were arrested and uh, what would exactly happen to them. But until then, that's all the news I have for you. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday and a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening.